is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Four minutes after 12 is the time you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where a little light relief will be even more welcome, perhaps, than usual. This is the Mystery Hour, your weekly opportunity. What's Steve Allen calling it this week? Do we know? Is it, is it the Antiques Hour? The, ma- the Magical Hour? The Musical Hour? The Antiques Roadshow? I don't know. It's none of the above. It's the Mystery Hour, where we solve mysteries. Um, together. I solve some of them. You solve most of them. The way it works is thus. You ring in with a question to which you're pretty sure there must be an answer. Ideally, it will be a question that either we have neither answered before nor uh, been bored to tears by. The second bit is kind of hard to police. The dullness rule. Don't be dull. Never be dull. Never be boring. 03456060973 is the number you need if your question is about motoring or something like that. The best way is to ask yourself, if you asked this question in a crowded room, would most people in that room be really interested in hearing what the answer was? And if you honestly think you passed that test, knock yourself out. If you don't, hmm, maybe keep it to yourself for a while. Uh, the repetition issue is uh, possibly a little easier to police. You can go to lbc.co.uk and have a look at the uh, archive of Mystery Hour questions and answers. It's good fun in its own, actually. Good one for the holidays. Kids as well enjoy it. But the point is, don't ring in with something that we've done, because my memory's not up to the task anymore. I've got to be honest with you. Recent years, I've felt more and more slipping through the holes of my sieve-like brain. So you could quite easily ring in with a question that someone else asked last week, and I'm not going to remember. And, and whether or not anybody else on the team is on the ball enough to spot it, if I don't, we, we'll have to wait and see. So there you go, those are the rules. Who, why, what, where, when, whither, whence, wherefore. Uh, any other interrogative pronouns that I may have missed off my list? I don't think so. But any, anything like that. Why, why do we do this? Where does that come from? What's that all about? Why do we do that? Ding, dang, dong. That's how it works. Okay? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Should we just start? Elizabeth, uh, no, Elaine, I beg your pardon, is in Forest Hill. Elaine, question or answer? question. How are you, Elaine? It's been too long. I know, I know. Well, I tried to get through a few times many t- months ago, and I got blocked. Caroline is, is, is a cruel it's mistress. Very upset, me, upset me no end. Well, I'm very um, sorry about that, and you, 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 you are regular and much beloved I contributor know, to I know. the programme. That's why I was too regular or something. No, I don't know what goes on in, in, in her mind, but no. so, some of the decisions that come out of it are frankly... Yeah, very strange. Yeah, I know, um, I know. Anyway, to get on with another thought-provoking question... Carry on. In deathbed scenes in films, when the person in the bed dies, somebody invariably leans over and closes their eyelids. And what I don't understand about that is that when you're dozing or asleep in bed, your eyes automatically close because you're, you're absolutely relaxing. So you would think in the same way as your eyelids all shut down when you're sleeping, that the same thing would happen when you die. I think you're wrong. I think your science is wrong. I think it takes effort to close your eyes. And, and well, the, na- the natural... Re- well, if it took an effort, then you would stay awake. Well, no, you still breathe when you're asleep, Elaine. There's still lots of bodily functions that still occur when you're actually asleep. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, think, I, think, I think that's the answer, just because it, Occam's razor, it has to be. But I'll, I'll get well, someone who knows a little bit more. So. Well, I know you don't think so, but that doesn't mean I'm wrong. Mm. The best available answer is that, actually, it doesn't... Your eyes don't shut when you relax. If you had your arm out slightly ahead of you... Yeah. And then you fell asleep, the arm would just flop down, wouldn't it? I'm Didn't not disputing that, Elaine. Like We're talking about eyelids, not arms. I Why have you brought arms into it? Sorry? Why have you brought arms into it? We're talking about eyelids. Well, I know, but you're suggesting it was something to do... You're, you mentioned the heart, didn't you? No. I thought you did. I thought you just said your heart keeps beating or something. No, your lungs um, keep pumping. 
Oh, lungs. Oh, yeah. lungs. Oh, yeah. we're on lungs now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you've mentioned lungs. I'm talking about arms. I thought it was the same, you know, it's all part of the body. But I'd be interested to know if, if there is, because I just logically, see, I know, I know when I was, um, in a hotel abroad, some oh, yeah. 90-year-old woman was causing panic in the hotel because she kept leaning back and going to sleep with her eyes open. So everyone thought she was dead? people out that they thought she died. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to pay extra for that? Hmm? <laughs> I get you an answer if it kills me. Eyes open or shut. Elaine, thank you. And I'll have a word with Caroline. She obviously isn't aware of your VIP status. Uh, James is in Portugal. Are you on holiday? I am, James. Question or answer, James? It's a question. Carry on. Um, so, as you mentioned, Portugal uh, basking in the glorious Algarve. Do you know what? Time. Actually, hang on a minute. Even I wouldn't listen to me on holiday. What are you playing at? <laughs> I've got a burning question in these answers. You've got a burning what? <laughs> You're only in Portugal. <laughs> C- carry on. What's your question? So, my question is um, an Indian summer. Now, I know what an Indian summer is, but. I don't know why it's called an Indian summer. Remind so. us what it is. Remind us what it is. So, so normally it's it's um, unseasonably warm and dry weather um, in autumn, around September. So just want to know why it's called an Indian summer, sort of the origins of... When When is summer in India? <laughs> so it's, not, well, it's not a trick question. When is summer in India? Because if you're in Australia on Christmas Day, you go to the beach. So I'm just wondering when summer falls in India. It's not, is that a silly question? Why are you sniggering at me? That's not a silly question, is it? Why are you looking at me like that, Axel? Is, no? Is it, is it? Well, maybe summer in India is in September and October, in which case, that doesn't sound right, does it? No, I'm not sure it is. All right, what's an Indian summer? What's Indian about an Indian summer? What is an Indian summer? Are you by the pool as we speak? I am, actually, yeah. Are you sipping a pina colada? I'm not having a cup of tea, but I'll move on to the peanut No, you, you stick with your tea. You stick with your tea. Happy days. John's in Reading. John, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Carry on, John. I'll speak to you again. Likewise. Um, right, so you'll stay, stay on topic of this one. All right. Uh, I was watching an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie last night, Commando, and I was watching him beat people up and knock them unconscious with one punch. Yeah. And it got me thinking, how, if you took the average bloke, five, nine, six foot, how much force measured would it take to knock someone unconscious with a punch? It's going to be different at the other end as well, though. Yeah, but see, so let's take the average bloke. So we've got a five foot nine bloke with a five. Force measured by what unit? What unit? Oh, you, oh your choice. Well, I, what I, do you mean, I, my choice? All right, degree centigrade. <laughs> there you go. Wriggle out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, uh, what do you measure know, a punch with? Is it joules? I can't. Well, science is so embarrassing. I don't know. If you go like an ex boxer call up and say, like, it's. Well, how's he going to He's an ex boxer, not a physicist. <laughs> Well, there's there's a word I'd like to hear Chris Eubanks say, though. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're James O'Brien. You're supposed to get that thought. Well, we shall see. Has Eubank ever rung in? I don't think he has. Well, I, okay, so you want to know how much, on average, how much force expressible in a unit of measurement that neither of us are clever enough to know off the top of our heads? How much force does it take to render someone unconscious? On average, because obviously, you know, someone with a with a thick head is going to be easier to knock out than someone with a thin head, aren't yeah. they? All right. I, I think that's a poor question, John. It's not up to your usual high standards. Oh. I think you probably only got put through because Caroline's sulking after being abused by Elaine. That's rude. 12, 12 after 12 is the time. Lee's in Shirley. Hello, Lee. Question or answer? Hi, James. Um, yeah, it's a question. Go on. All coins that I've ever seen have yep. date stamps on them. 
Yep. But I've never seen a date on a banknote. How hard have you looked? Oh, well, <laughs> I don't look every day because <laughs> I was disappointed the first time I looked. Well, how hard have you looked? What, on a banknote? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've scoured them. But they don't need dates because they have serial numbers. That doesn't say why it doesn't have a date on it. He, he does. Because you know from you, you know from the serial, serial number, number how old it is. Tell me it, okay, look at one in your pocket and tell me how old it is. MB ten nineteen oh five twenty, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly, I nearly made a prune of myself then, because there is also the copyright, isn't there, on the back of the tenor, the governor that's and the company. When, that's when it was designed. Yeah, I know. I, I just said I nearly made a prune of myself. It's all right, officer. <laughs> but the serial number probably probably conveys the date, doesn't it? Nineteenth of May. Uh, to someone that has a list of serial numbers, possibly. Um, yeah, but why do you want to know? It's just puzzling me. Every coin has a date yeah, on it. Yeah, it's a good question, actually. All right. Why doesn't a note have a date on it? We need a... What's it called again? Is, is it a pneumatologist? What's it called again? A coin person? Oh. <laughs> Come on, Lee. Uh, there's, an, there's another question you need to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Coins. Thank you. 12.14 is the time. Um, Lee wants to know why coins have dates on and notes don't. And uh, I think he's right. I'm just sort of checking the fiver as well. It's amazing radio, this. If there, was, if there are any rewards left in this industry, it would win them all. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a date on that, but you do have your serial number. Maybe that is part of the answer. Dwight's in Penge. Dwight, question or answer? Uh, question. Carry on. Basically, when, when somebody says yes or no without actually saying it, they go, mm-hmm or mm-hmm. Is that just um, learned behaviour, or is it? Some, uh, did somebody actually come up with it at some point? What? Okay, when somebody says yes, but they don't say yes, they go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so where does that come from? Is, is that is is it just like learned behaviour that you just learn growing up, or is it? Mm-hmm. Did it start somewhere? I don't know. Uh-uh. It's, it's learned behaviour. Yeah, I thought so. So, you know, you know those awards I won a minute ago with the last caller. <laughs> I've got to give them all back now, thanks to you. Well, someone's got to make it easy for you. <laughs> this is Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Call o three four five six zero six zero nine seven three. It's 12.18. Matt wants to know why Al Gore didn't get a Ray Liotta. Mate, he's Al Gore. He, he was invited into the studio. If we'd been talking about Al Gore and he'd rung in, then he'd got a Ray Liotta. But you don't get a Ray Liotta for being who you are and have always been. Oh, honestly. Dwight, I owe you an apology. Are you still there, mate? Yeah. Sorry. No worries. Because I, I, I pointed at Axel. I thought he was going to give me a round of applause for answering your question. It went straight to the adverts, and you were halfway through speaking. I feel bad. That's all right. Are all you right. sure? I'll let you go. Are we cool? Yeah, yeah. Are we cool? Yeah, we're cool. We're all cool. right, mind there you go. Uh, hang on a minute, stay there. Great. Axel, thank you. Good man. And, and the answer is, it's like nodding and shaking your head. In other cultures, you wouldn't use an uh-huh and a uh-huh in quite the same way. Andrew is in Shepherd's Bush. Andrew, question or answer? Answer. Carry um, on. Just to the gentleman who's asking about how, how much pressure or force it takes to knock out an average man. Yes. Roughly about six pounds of pressure or uh, force square on would knock out an average size man qualifications um did boxing and kung fu where, where did and, and what six pounds you'd measure that if i if i punched a scale it would go up to six pounds 
Yeah, and obviously... Hang on a minute, mate. Don't punch scales, kids, all right? No, no, as in not the scales. When you punch punching bags, they have a measuring device at the back, like a scale, and that will tell you how much pounds or pressure you're hitting that uh, punch bag or square on. I like it a lot. It's Newton's second law of motion, isn't it? Yep. But it... Where's he gone? He didn't get his round of applause. Oh, no, throw him one. Seriously. <laughs> Andy's in Wimbledon. Andy, question or answer? Question, James. All right, you sound a bit more engaged. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Got them coming to that. You know all that. Well, um, James, um, yes. typical roulette wheel. Yours. Um, uh, the numbers seemingly are, are random, placed all over. Um... I'm trying to work out, is there a system or is there a, uh, a way to sort of, uh, to, to work out the figures where they're placed and how they're devised, how, how actually they're placed there? How, yeah, you could probably have asked that question a lot more short. <laughs> you could have said, how do they arrange the numbers on a roulette wheel? Okay, all right, okay, James. All right, I've got a lot of questions on the list, mate. I want to squeeze in as many as possible. I can't be sitting here waiting for you to remember what your question is in such a roundabout, convoluted fashion. You're a charmer, you are. I do my best. I do my best. Roulette wheel, how do they arrange it? It's a bit like the dartboard question, but probably has a slightly different answer. Arthur's in Reading. Arthur, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Carry on, Arthur. It's to do with, uh, Indian <laughs> summers. Oh, yes. And nothing to do with India, the, the subcontinent at all. It's to do with Native Americans. Really? had a late summer. Uh, the Mate, are the phone lines gone? So you stay you, you stay there, we'll fix your phone line. I don't know whether we will or not. I'll talk to John in Horsham. John, question or answer? Oh, I have a question, James. Carry on, John. Okay, it's not about silverback gorillas like last week, that's for sure. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Hi there, right. Okay, um, I've been with my wife ten years, and the very first ever argument we had was about the fact I didn't put kisses at the end of text. And I said, it's just the letter X. Now, I want to know... Christmas cards, birthday cards, texts. Why do we use the letter X? I like that question, okay. actually. I like that because it's the other way around in our house. I put loads of X's on it, and Mrs. O'Brien doesn't. I always think it's a little bit kind of, you know, curt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, I'm with your wife on this one. It doesn't take much to stick an X on the end. It means that you, yeah, you know. I just, I just don't get why it's a letter X. Why is it not a K? Why is it not a Y? Why is it a letter X? Could, 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 K? Well, K could look like a typo, but so could an X. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot actually i wonder what the answer is all right i'll see what i can do why do why, why is an x do, why does an x denote because could be could be christian couldn't it could be something to do with the cross well a cross is a cross an x is yeah a... but it only needs to just over the years tilt slightly to one side and it becomes an x <laughs> doesn't it <laughs> it's true that's how things happen mate that's how stuff evolves <laughs> Vauxhall, you know Vauxhall. yeah do you know why it's called Vauxhall? Uh, no, I don't actually. That one's a good one. Bloke called Fox built a hall. Fox Hall over the years becomes Vox Hall. That's how that's how things happen. They evolve. They change incrementally. Well, yeah. I know how Tesco became Tesco, but that one's good. Yeah, well, Cohen, wasn't it? Tesco <laughs> <laughs> Cohen, yeah. yeah. John and I amusing <laughs> each other, and probably nobody else. My <laughs> there you go, John. Max is in Warren Street. Max, question or answer? Answer. Carry on, Max. Uh, the lady who wants to know why when people pass away, their eyes are open. That was Elaine, the VIP. Cruelly yeah. ignored by the producer of the programme in recent weeks. <laughs> cruelly, cruelly ignored. Carry on, Max. Um, the reason is, when a person takes their last breath, they get a bit of a shock. It's their last breath trying to gasp for air. They open their eyes, and that's how they pass. 
So, yeah, okay. That that's part. Of, that's half of the answer, at least. But well, that's the one that I know. No, I know. Hang on. She she wanted also to know. She presumed that because we close our eyes when we're asleep, that that is. But it involves it involves effort to close your eyes. So if you've died with your eyes open, they're not going to naturally close, are they? No, because there's I'll no muscle control. Example. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Someone's asleep, and you hear a plate fall on the floor. You open your eyes immediately. Yeah. It's the same thing. You're going for your last breath. It's a shock to the system. You open your eyes immediately, not, and then you've passed. Not just plates, of course. Anything noisy. Obviously. <laughs> what are your qualifications? Uh, funeral director. Oh. How's business? Slow, thank God. <laughs> like, round of applause for Matt. The worst thing that ever happened to me on this program involved a funeral. I, I don't know if I've ever told the story again. It was I, I may do one day. Debbie is in Twickenham. Debbie, question or answer? Question, please. What was Lee and Shirley's question? I've forgotten. Can you remember? It was a good one. What was it? What did Lee ask? I've written down his name. I've forgotten to write down his question. Oh, banknotes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, carry on, Debbie. Okay, so when I watch programmes like Time Team and various archaeology problems, they're always digging down into the ground, quite way down to see where people used to live. So does that mean that the Earth is always getting bigger? Not really, no. Why not? Well, the, 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 imagine um, if the stuff s- sinks. Oh, you mean like if it's built on the surface and then 20 years later it's 20 metres below the surface? Yeah, yeah but if you go somewhere else in the world, down. if you go somewhere else in the world, oddly, this is in Al Gore's film that we were talking about in the last hour, it'll be disappearing underwater. So it, 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 the overall totals will be the same, but there'll be a little bit of give and take. But worms play quite a big part in what you're describing. Okay. Every time a worm comes to the surface, it brings a little bit of soil. That sounds like that Paul Young song. Every <laughs> time you go away. It brings a little bit of soil to the surface, and over over thousands of years, all the worms coming up bring a little bit of soil, and then we're shedding skin all the time, Debbie, you and I, you know, and that uh, creates dust, and dust adds to the surface. But the Earth isn't really getting bigger in any meaningful sense because, okay. because of the finite nature of matter, Debbie. Okay. All right? Well, thank you. No, thank you. Do you like those? Uh, uh, I like those archaeology programmes. John's in... I just thought I'd share that. John's in Ballam. John, question or answer? No, it's good. Aha. Aha. What's your question, John? Uh, why is the 99 with the uh, ice cream with a flake inserted uh, so called? I don't think there's a proper answer to this. I think it's one of those ones that is uh, shrouded in controversy and, and c- c- claim and counterclaim. But I think the received wisdom has got something to do with the price. Um... That's a fantastic selection of noises you just made, John. I'm very grateful to you for all of them. Yeah, I've misplaced my flake. (laughs) You need to see a doctor. I'll try and find out for you. Why do we call it a 99 ice cream with a chocolate in it? A 99. Uh, Adam's in Bangor. Adam, question or answer? Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right, Adam. What have you got? Good. Um... It's a chap who phoned up about the boxing. I mean, I think the guy who asked the question is open the, the kind of worms, mate. Oh, no. Steward's inquiry already. It's not even half past. <laughs> Go on, then. Because it depends on, you know, your average person, so someone who isn't conditioned to take a slap. Yeah. Um, will probably, I mean, I, I don't know where you're getting the six-pound thing from. Yeah. Because, um, I've, I've, I mean, I, I almost went professional as a boxer. Um, I was in the Marines. 
Um, and I've, I've done a, a lot of, of stuff on hand-to-hand combat and stuff. But you, you're looking at your average kind of duels in a punch. Of, of an untrained person is about 110, I think. The, 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 but the, the, the thing is, if you're, if you're hit by a professional boxer, an untrained person, he's going to need a lot less than that. So it could, you know, you, you can... A person gets knocked out by um, heavy contact with the jaw or the temple, and it'll be the cranial nerve that doesn't like being hit in the jaw. Yeah. So that switches, switches, switches the brain off and says, oh, I don't like this, I'm, I'm going to sleep. Um, the, the temple is more to do with brain rattle. But that, that, yeah, yeah, this is a bit technical. I think you're probably right. It's a Newton, isn't it, rather than a joule, though, that you'd measure this in? Um, I, well, I looked up the joules bit simply because it was measured. But, yeah, you're probably right. It, it is, uh, sorry, but it was mentioned. Um, um, so six pounds. So it's mass mass times acceleration would be part of it as well. I, and yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. It's a bit of a can of worms, this one, like you said. It is. What would you do? If, let's reverse the roles, and you, you, what would you do now? Because, you know, if I'd phoned up your radio station and just made a great big Horlicks or something that you thought had been done and dusted, how would you how would you emerge from this situation with finesse, Adam? <laughs> call an expert, mate. Call an expert. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to be the expert, mate. Well, you I've got to... qualifications, you know, I've got qualifications. Well, are your qualifications? I nearly... I, I could have been a contender. That's your qualification. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh, <laughs> like I'll give him a round of applause. Feeling generous. I don't know where he got six pounds from either, but it just sounded very plausible. Also, he was a boxer, so I'm not going to argue with him any more than I'm going to argue with you. You're both right. You can both have a round of applause. John's, in fact, give him another one to share. There we go. John's in Felton. John, question or answer? It's an answer to your ki- uh, kiss question at the end of text messages and letters. You, you're actually pretty, pretty close. You sound surprised. Do you not listen to this programme regularly? Uh, how could I? Posit- the fountain of knowledge. Thank you. Mr. <laughs> Indeedy. Carry on. They used to put a cross on the letters there to um, confirm, like, honesty. Ah. And then what they'd done was they put a, um, the person who was signing the letter to send it off used to put a cross, like a kiss, across the top of the cross to confirm that what they were sending out was indeed their honest part of the letter that was going out. So yep. it was a confirmation that what they were sending out was true. That's a lovely answer. What are your qualifications? Uh, nothing more than I read a, a, a big letter one time that was back in the Christian times that was sent to a church and they were looking for funds and he put this cross on the letter and I didn't know what it meant. So I sourced it up and there we are. Uh, we are. I mean, I don't want to get all controversial, John, but we are still living in Christian times. We are, but this was uh, way, way back and as we were... Medieval ready, times. Yeah, long yeah. way back. Yeah, I like it. That sounds absolutely copper-bottom to me. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) It's half past twelve and Moira Alderson has the headlines. 12.34 is the time. Questions still in need of answers. Why do we uh, call an ice cream with a chocolate flake stuck in it a 99? Um, We didn't get the Indian summer answer. Arthur dropped off, didn't he? Could we not improve that phone line? Why do we call an Indian summer an Indian summer? Arthur was getting close. Um, why do we have dates on coins but not on banknotes? How are the numbers on a roulette wheel arranged? And John asked a question about, I've written down box. Why did I write down box on John's question? Anyone remember John's question? Why have I written down box? It's quite a good question as well, wasn't it? That will come to me in a minute. Ron's in Wormley in Hertfordshire. Ron, question or answer? Uh, good afternoon, James. Hello. It's a question, please. Carry on, Ron. Raindrops. Oh, yes. Keep falling on my head. 
so they do. They did yesterday. They certainly did, everywhere. Now, why do we get large raindrops and small raindrops? What causes that? Because sometimes the raindrops are really big, aren't they? It's right, enormous. sometimes you get fine rain. You so do. What, yeah, well, what causes the difference? Yeah, that's a nice question. Eh? Very topical, Ron. Very topical. Thank you. Big raindrops and small... Hailstones as well. I was out in Richmond the oh, other day. We had some hailstones like golf balls last week. They were not like golf balls, you cheeky beggar. You get away with marbles, but no one's ever seen a hailstone. But they were particularly big last weekend. In, 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 I was in Richmond Park looking at the deer. Yeah, but you weren't in Broxbourne in, in Wormley. No, you're right. Obviously, if I was in Richmond Park, I couldn't well, be in yeah, Broxbourne. I'm not we, flipping Doctor Who. We had bigger balls than you did. You did not. You stay away from me with your foul innuendos. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Big raindrops and small raindrops. It was all going so well. Uh, Ben's in hull. Ben, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Uh, the roulette wheel, why it's organised the way it is. Yes. Um, it's to skew it in the house's favour, so you get odd even all the way, you get red black all the way, and then you get your high and your low number separated as much as they can. So when you look at a roulette, roulette wheel, you never know what to bet on. Because if the, if any high numbers were put next to each other, you'd put a bundle on both of them, and you'd have a better chance of. Yeah, I mean you can you can bet the okay, like third twelve, second twelve, third twelve. So you could bet all the third twelve, all the third twelve numbers together, and know that it was all going to come up. And they've calculated it, have they? So they go. So is forty nine next to one, or or, or is there a? It's, it's, just, it's just when you look at it as before you put your bet, you just don't know what's going to come up. It, to you, it just seems random, but to them, it, it knows that it's always going to be skewed in their favour. Are you, are you uh, qualifications? I like a bet on a roulette wheel. I, I, I'm not buying this, mate. Sorry. You're not buying it. Well, it's. What do you mean? It doesn't matter. Even if it was arranged one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, if it just went round in order, I still wouldn't think, oh, well, that one's bound to win. But you can bet even, you can bet low 12, you can bet red and black. So yeah. as long as it's all separated out high, low, odd, even, and then red and black all the way around it. So you get red, low, and then you get black, high, and odd. And it, and I'm going to have to give you a round of applause because you've just started bamboozling me with science. So I've never played roulette. You've never played roulette? And I've never played roulette. It's absolutely brilliant. Everyone should have a go. Well, you say that. I, I mean, you know. And you bet a pound a go. High roller. When you come in, I bet they're all, they're all taking their hats off and uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> for it know, reaching out the hand for the tip from Ben with his pound exactly. of time. Well, a pound of time. You're right. I shouldn't mock you. That's the best way to have fun without, you know, losing your house. Fun. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I just want you this. No, thank you very much. There may be room for a bit of embellishment from a croupier, but as it stands, I, I got no grounds for dismissing that answer. Uh, Michael's in Manchester. Michael, question or answer? It's an answer. Bring it on. Uh, it's the Indian summer one. Yeah. It's nothing to do with the country India. It's uh, Native Americans. And what it is, is uh, a hotter, later end of the uh, summer. Yeah. It means the Native Americans' hunting season's longer. Is it that simple? What a lovely answer. What a lovely answer. What are your qualifications? A conversation I had this weekend that someone told me. And are they reliable? They are. Are you sure? Father-in-law. Who? Father-in-law. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, copper bottomed. Absolutely. Oh, thank you very much. It's uh, 12.39. Questions that still need answers. Raindrops. Why are some of them big and some of them small? We need a kind of meteorological explanation. Uh, why is uh, an ice cream with a chocolate flake stuck in it called a 99? I don't think there is an answer to that, but I will keep asking, out of courtesy to the questioner. We've done the Indian summer. What's John's question about? I've written down box. John in Reading, what was his question? 
Oh, honestly, I have to do everything myself. Why do coins have dates on them and banknotes do not? And we've done the roulette wheel as well. Have I missed anything off? Have we got anything else? 12.39, and both my screens have gone dead now, so I've got no idea who's on the line. Let's just find out. Line one. Line one, hello? Hello. Is that, what's your name? Stephanie. And where are you calling from, Stephanie? Manchester. All right, pretend that last bit never happened, all right? (laughs) No problem. Stephanie's in Manchester. Stephanie, question or answer? Question, please. Carry on. Um, I'd like to know, so when I was a kid, we used to get 3D glasses, and there would be like a red lens in it and like a bluey green lens. Yes. And now when you go to the cinema, they give you just these basic glasses that's got like a grey film on them. Yes. And I wondered why, you know, if you're going to see a 3D film, you don't need those two different types of lenses and what changed. I, I kind of know, but I don't know if you'll be satisfied with my answer. It's two completely different ways of creating a, a, a three-dimensional image because if you took your glasses off when you were wearing the red and the green ones and everybody i think thinks of jaws three don't they at this point in the conversation what obviously not jaws three jaws three was the first film anyone saw in 3d wasn't it oh i i didn't see that film sorry are you considerably younger than me um possibly yeah i thought everyone saw jaws three and even on even on um paper you'd, you'd, you'd have a green and a red fringe around the outside and that somehow with the eye and the brain that's how they create the 3d image and now they do it differently but that's not a good enough answer because you want to know what they do now different to what they did then right yeah kind of yeah fair enough all right i'll see what i can do uh, the, the shift in 3d technology going from the red and green glasses to the normal ones that we all have now oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is is the number to call hang on a minute who's next natalie's in loughborough natalie question or answer uh question james please carry on Okay, so you know you get tunnels that are built under the sea that you can what? travel in by a car. Are you, you serious? Know, no. Yes. That's incredible. Why don't I mean, so, what, can you see the fish? How do they do it? How do they keep the water back when they're putting the sections of the tunnel in? I don't get it. Do, do, do they go? Do the sections of the tunnel lie on the seabed or do they go under the sea? I'm not really sure. They go under the sea. You go down under the sea. It'd be like going under the Thames, just bigger. So, so you don't, you don't... Right... What? So you think it's right under the sea? Yeah. You go down, you drill down and under the sea and then go under the sea like that. Well, the sea's really deep. Are you sure? Yeah, positive. It, I mean, I you say the sense. sea's really deep, but if you think about it, once you're down at the bottom of the sea, CC, you don't really have much further to go to be under the sea, CC. CC. Do you? I don't know. Well, if, if the thing you were talking about was sort of just a couple of feet under the surface of the water, then your depth observation would be more pertinent than it actually is, because the difference between being on the bottom of the sea, like sitting on the seabed, and being ten foot under the sea is, is well, I can calculate it quite easily. It's ten foot. So you think the different? You can see the different sections of tunnels when you're travelling through them. Yeah, and from the inside, you're surrounded you, by water. Fr- no, they're not, they're not surrounded by water. They're surrounded by soil, I think, aren't they? I, that's what I'm asking, James. I don't know. Yeah, all right, clever clogs. I, mm-hmm. shall, I shall try to find out for you. Thank you very much. Although I think I'm right, but, you know, that's probably permanent. Uh, how do they tunnel under the sea? And why are there dates on banknotes but not on coins? And what was Blinking John's question? Mike's in Romford. Mike, question or answer? Answer, James. Carry on, Mike. Uh, coins and banknotes. Oh, yes. It's, uh, it's a bit historical, so way back in the day, coins would have had some innate value, so they would have been made out of gold or silver or whatever. So they've put a date on the coin, because the, the older or 
younger the coin would change the value of the coin itself to a lesser or greater degree. Are you sure? Absolutely positive. Okay. And with banknotes, so it's followed the tradition throughout the years, but with banknotes, they have a serial number. So the date is inconsequential because they can't garner much more value if it's a young note or an old note. So the serial number is for counterfeiting purposes only. But the only banknotes that have more value, the Queen gets the very first banknote of every new banknote that comes out. Blinking typical. Does she really? She does. Unbelievable. Zero one zero zero. Qualifications? Police officer. Police officer? Yes. Oh, so when you're dealing with forgery and stuff like that. So I, I know about the counterfeits with notes, but yeah. I've, I've learnt a long, long, long time ago about the values of coins in history. Oh, I like, I like this. Oh, yeah, round of applause. No, thank you very much. Great work. Coming out to quarter to one. Um, I'm flying a little bit blind at the moment. Not, not that you need to be concerned, but um, I, I can't see any of the calls on my screen. So, uh, touch wood, we're, we're getting everything right. You're saying, now, it's either Paul or Paula in Epsom. I, I shall be able to speak as soon as I hear the first syllable of your question or answer, Paul or Paula. It's answer, and it's Paul. You didn't need to clarify. Um, it's the uh, raindrops, size of raindrops. It's to do with updraft. So if you've got big clouds and an unstable day, the clouds can push the rain higher and it, the raindrop grows. If there's not a lot of updraft, the rain is smaller when it falls. Hence why thunderstorm is heavy rain. Can you do it? Can you do it again for thick people? Okay, so on a day you have winds which go up and down. Yes. So if the wind is carrying on an unstable day, so when you get thunderstorms, yes. you, you get large updrafts because you've got a lot of heat carrying uh, water up. So as it goes yes. up, it collects more water, and eventually it gets so heavy it falls out. Yes. But if it's drizzle, there isn't a lot of updraft, and you just get the small fine rain, which soaks you through. Qualifications? Airline power. That'll do. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Call 0345 60 is the time. Um, what happened to 3D technology when it moved from the red and green lenses to the to the to the ones we got now? Why is a f- ice cream with a flake in it called a 99? We've done the raindrops. Uh, the tunnel. How do you tunnel under the sea? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. And we've done the banknotes. It's just John's question. No one can remember. I've written down water and box. What was he, what, can anyone remember what he asked about? I liked his question as well. Anyway, uh, Rick's in Farnham. Rick, question or answer? Hi, James. Yeah, it's a question. Carry on, Rick. It's, um, if um, all plants and plankton were to stop producing oxygen, say tomorrow, how long would we have left? If... With the oxygen that's in the atmosphere. If, if all... If all plants... Photosynthesis... Mate, this is a little bit... Photosynthesis, yeah. it's, a, it's a bit... Half past midnight on a Friday, just before the munchies kick in, isn't it? This question. Yeah, it is. It's half past midnight somewhere everywhere. <laughs> how, how long could we last if, like, all the plants in the world stopped producing oxygen? How the hell do yeah, I know? Would it be days? Would it be weeks? Would I it be don't. Hours? I do. I, 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 twenty minutes. Well, that's why you've got an audience. No, twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, you think? Twenty minutes. Twenty-two at the outside. Depends how hot it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not getting a round of applause for that, are well, you? Let's wait and see. Oh, oh, come on. It's comedy. Oh, come on. Are oh, you 
Alright. I don't, there's no way anyone can know that it's sooner, the cockier I get, the bigger idiot I look like slightly later in the programme. There's well, only so much oxygen in the atmosphere and we'll breathe so much per hour. Yeah. And then all the other animals as well. So how much oxygen is there in the atmosphere? Well, no, not... Yeah, that's not your starting really point. Yeah, but I want to know how long that will last. I know you do. So how much oxygen is there in the... Let's do, come on, mate, let's do some science. Stop talking. Stop thinking. So how much oxygen is there in the atmosphere? And how much oxygen does the average... Oh, mate, you've got, you've got to count all the fish and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mammals? Mollusks? Anything that, anything that breathes oxygen, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing that's probably missing from our equation, is that we don't know. Well, no, but they'll have a ballpark figure, won't they? What, of all the things in the world that respire? Well, yeah. Go on, then. That's it, you know, that's why they know these things, don't they? There's greenhouse gases and... Because, like, your hairs... There's a certain percentage of oxygen in the atmosphere, and that's gone up and down. I like your antennae to another dimension. We, we'd, we'd probably get altitude sickness first, wouldn't we? What? Oh, yeah. We'd start getting thin. Yeah. I, I'm... All right, let's see what we can do. Nice one. And well, you say that. I'd frankly be amazed if we get anything close to an answer to this question. How long would we last if, if oxygen just stopped being produced now? So we can probably work out how much oxygen is in the atmosphere in total, but how many people are breathing it, and mollusks and all sorts of other creatures, might be tricky. The bacteria use oxygen. They don't ask science questions that make you look stupid. David is in Chelsea. David, question or answer? It's your answer to a tunnel. Tunnel. How do you get a tunnel under a sea? <coughs> Right. When they built the Channel Tunnel, hmm. the boring machine that they use, what they do is they dig down well below the level at the bottom of the sea. Yes. You're going along probably about 100 feet below. The boring will take away the earth, and when they've taken a certain part of the earth away, they then put segments of concrete which form the tunnel in place and bolt them together. Yep. That's pretty much what I said, isn't it? Yeah, you, you 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 weren't sure whether it was done on the bottom, but you said on the bottom of the bed. But yeah. They don't. They go down below it. Yeah. If you watch the programmes on the, the crossrail link, it was showing it boring there when it came out Canary Wharf. It broke through the wall that they dug with the... I do. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Cool beans. Qualifications, David? The engineer by trade, but not in that. He's a mechanical engineer. He's worked on aircraft instruments. I'll do. Nice work. That's a very good chair. We don't get enough chairs, actually, anymore. I used to I don't like to hear exuberance and excitement when we do this. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Joshua's in Stockport. Question or answer, Joshua? It's answer. Go on, then. Uh, basically, there's more oxygen in algae in the water than there is in plants. So about three-quarters of the oxygen that we have in the atmosphere is from algae. So if we got rid of all the plants, it wouldn't be good for us, but we'd still have a lot of oxygen. I like your answer. I, I know that the fellow who asked the question would just now say, all right, let's get rid of all the algae as well. He wants to know how much oxygen, if, if no more oxygen gets produced anywhere, how long we'd last. But I'm going to give you a round of applause for imagination. <laughs> Helen is in Edinburgh. Helen, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on, Helen. 3D glasses. Oh, basically yes. The, uh, updated glasses use a similar technology. It's just much more sophisticated. What's projected on the screen is an image for the left eye, an image for the right eye, and the glasses that you wear are very clever, and they split the left eye into the, your left eye, etc., and your brain puts it together, and it turns into 3D. 
Why did they? Do, I mean, how is it better than the red and green ones from the olden days? Because you can, you get a better perspective. You can, you can split everything much more, much prop, more properly. The red and green ones split it just in two dimensions. Literally, the flat image gets split one way and the other. Whereas uh, yeah. nowadays, you can go further back. So when we do animation, you can animate. You can. You have a left camera and a right camera, and then you can do it properly in space, and it just looks more convincing. Yeah, I get that. And that's why the red and green thing worked on paper as well as on screens. Exactly. You can draw it yourself. You can make that yourself because it's two dimensions. But in the, nowadays with the big Marvel movies, etc., it's all done in 3D. So it. it's much more convincing for your eyes. And the glasses just split the images in the same, same way. Qualifications, Helen? Worked in visual effects for over 15 years. That is close, isn't it? How big an industry is digital effects? Huge, massive. Oh, you just huge. lost yourself with Ray Liotta. Why? Because you should have said, oh, there's only three of us in the whole of the United Kingdom, <laughs> and then you'd have got a Ray Liotta, but you just completely blew yourself out of the park by saying it's huge, there's loads of us. I was, yeah, I was on the team that won the Oscar for Gravity. Shut the front door. True fact. Have you touched the Oscar? Yes, I have held the Oscar. I have a photo of me with the Oscar. Yes, I have, yes. So you, you worked on a team that won an Oscar for a 3D film? Yes. That's a Ray Liotta. I'm Ray Liotta, and you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. If you build it, they will come. Yeehaw! That was good. That was lovely. Well played, you. Oh, come on, an Oscar. That's two Oscar winners we've had on the programme as well, because an inconvenient truth, Al Gore's first film won an Oscar. I think he won the Nobel Prize as well. I probably should have checked that before he came into the studio to be interviewed. Hang on, Helen, you've never won a Nobel Prize, have you? Not yet. Ah, jog on. I'll talk to Rog. Roger's in Romford. Rog, what would you like? Question or answer? I've got an answer. Not James. yet. She said, not yet. That's a perfect answer, isn't it? To it. What's your answer, Rog? Uh, for the ice cream. Carry 99. on. Yes. It's a reliable source. I've been told. Strawberry it's sauce. Strawberry sauce. Yes, yeah, strawberry <laughs> sauce. My favourite. Anyway. Uh, yeah, you lost me now. Oh, 99 <laughs> centimetres tall. Industry standard length from the cone to the tip of the ice cream. That is the worst answer we have ever had on Mystery Act. 99 centimetres? Yes. Right. When did you leave school? Uh, Same time as you, back in 86. Right. It's close. How long was your ruler? 30 cents. 99 million. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you got me there. But no, no, that's nonsense, cos you might give it a bit of a shove, or you might just have it nestling on the top no. of the ice cream. It's no, not no, no, 99. The professional's hand, it should be 99 millimetres tall. But it's not, it's about 20. Nah, it's about 200 millimetres. Nah. Yeah. Well, think about it. I am. Picture it. I have. When's the last time you had a 99? Thursday. So you was, you, you was little then, wasn't you? No, 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 no there's no, a fellow by me um, outside, outside, Enzo, outside the oh, kids' no. school. Hey. Right, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a tape measure now. Yeah, but go on then, I'll wait. I'll wait. wait. I should have done that first. Oh, I've got a right. 99 millimetres. That's the minimum length it should be. Minimum? Oh, get out. It's uh, not, mate, you're not having it. <laughs> reliable source, James. It's a reliable source. You put a reliable... Who was your reliable source? Um, the ice cream factory. Did, did you, Rog, thank you. You've delighted us long enough. I need to call off Enzo. Where's Enzo when you need him? Uh, Peter is in Dulwich. Peter, question or answer? Hi, James. Uh, yeah, the 99, it, it was all to do with the Italian royal family. They had an elite guard of 99 soldiers. Shut so anything elite or good. No chance. 99. Nonsense. That's very well, It was on your show before. That's how I know. I can't it. believe anything here on this show. The 99 elite guard of Italian soldiers. 
Yeah, that looked after the royal family. And what's that got to do with chocolate flakes? I don't know, anything that's elite or very nice and good. 99, that's where it came oh, from. No, I don't, you did not hear that on this programme. You did not hear that on this programme. I don't know the answer, no. Hey, hey. That's it for another day. Thank you very much indeed, Peter. I am uh, done now. I'll hand you over to Ian Payne shortly. Majid Nawaz, I'm, I'm off on my holly bobs, um, but Majid Nawaz will be filling in for me. And I'm back uh, the, the Tuesday after the bank holiday at the end of August. So um, I'll see you in about two and a half weeks. Thank you for, for really giving me the best job in the world. See you shortly. Here's, here's Ian Payne. Quite moved, I think. Yeah, I am too, actually. Should we hug it out? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks. Oh. Uh, it's coming up.